Welcome to my podcast, You Are Here For Now, a series of conversations inspired by my new book of the same name. I'm your host, artist and author, Adam J. Kurtz. Each week on this show, I'll chat with some of the smartest, kindest, most generous, beautiful, amazing, talented people I know, and ask them about all of that being alive stuff that we don't always get to talk about, like passion, purpose, mortality, true love, defining success, mental illness, and figuring out what's next when you don't really know what you're doing. These conversations have already helped me so much, and I can't wait to share them with you. In this episode, I'm chatting with artists and hopeless romantics Timothy Goodman and Mari Andrew about dating and romance, what makes a creative legacy, and being unabashedly who you are, for better or worse. Timothy Goodman is a New York City-based designer, illustrator, and muralist whose art has populated walls, buildings, packaging, clothing, magazine covers, and galleries all over the world. Mari Andrew is a writer, artist, speaker, and flamenco enthusiast, also living in New York. Her first book, Am I There Yet?, a collection of observations about being in your 20s and navigating the ups and downs of life on your own, was an instant New York Times bestseller. Tim and Mari, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Good. Hello. Thanks for having us. Doing well. This is very like um, a pizza night in my apartment pre-pandemic, mm. and now we're just chilling. Mm. Miss those. Yes. It has the added layer of like normally when we hang out as friends, we end up talking about work. But now if we talk about work, it's allowed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's on purpose. Um, Yeah, it's like on purpose because normally we hang out and then there's some moment where I'm like, Mari, Tim, like I'm having a career crisis. Please talk me through this. Uh I respect you and you have experience here. Um, How would you describe what you do to someone that you don't want to talk to about work? Like you're on an airplane (laughs) or you're in line for a drink and someone's just like, oh, what do you do? And you you don't want to say, oh, I'm a New York Times bestselling author. Or you don't want to say like, oh, I sold a million pieces of my Uniqlo collaboration worldwide. Like, what do you say instead? You want to start, Tim? No, you start. (laughs) Okay, okay. (laughs) You know, I don't know what it is lately, but I sort of don't feel like talking about work with anyone. This is a really nice container where I know exactly who I'm talking to and, uh, you know, general themes that will come up. And I love talking to you guys, but I, I so rarely want to talk about it because I feel like um, in the pandemic world, we've been kind of, a lot of my friends and I have been kind of regurgitating the same themes about how do we feel about the internet? How do we feel about creative work these days? And I want to talk about so many other things. So usually I say, I'm a writer. What do you do? (laughs) Let's talk about that. I'm so interested in other worlds right now. I think it's it's just been a lot of time self-reflecting. So um, usually just leave it at writer. And I'll answer vaguely. (laughs) (laughs) Right, like writer. And then you hope they assume like copy. And if you say it in a really boring voice. Yeah, I'm always like, um, graphic designer, like, print print and web, next. Do you say graphic designer, Adam? 
I do because, and I say it really boring. I say it like, <laughs> oh, I'm a graphic designer. And then they'll be like, oh, what kind of design? I'm like, you know, like print and web, like whatever the client wants. <laughs> and I say it like a person who hates their job. Uh-huh. I say it so depressingly. Because one time I think I was like, oh, I'm an author. And I my new book, my last book had come out and I had it in my backpack on the plane. And I was like, here it is. It's called Things Are Make And blah, blah. And, and you know, people are really kind People are really sweet. And so this this nice person talked to me about it for an hour. And at the end of the hour, I was like, I hate myself. I literally, I hate myself. I never <laughs> want to hear anything about me again. That was too much. Um, wait, Tim, what do, what do you say? I feel you know, like, Tim, you're so good at speaking about your work and yourself. Uh, yes. Like, you have a cool, to me, you have a, such a cool, like, confidence about your thing that yes. is so admirable. But so I'm curious, great. like, when you want to get out of it, what do you say? Do you ever? Do you want to get out of it, or do you just? Well, oh yeah, it? maybe Love you don't. I don't. I don't necessarily want to get out of it. That's what I was yeah. going to say. I feel kind of the uh. opposite of Mari a lot because, well, there's two parts to this. You know, I I constantly feel um, I, like I'm sorry. I just feel blessed to be able to do what I'm doing right now. You know what I mean? And I think about who I was yeah. when I was a teenager in my early 20s, and I was hauling wallpaper glue ups you know buckets of wallpaper glue upstairs for 20 hours a day while i worked in you know as a as a uh you know as a house painter before i went to college i think about that all the time with you yeah and so it's always it's always present for me like it's never not present and so and so there's this part of me that just like i feel really uh i it's very sacred and cherished to me. So I like to share and talk about it in a, like a loose way. And I don't get into like specifics. It's not like a bragging thing. Like, it's just more of like, yeah, this is what I do. And I like strangers a lot, but there's this other part of me that's constantly a hustler. That's always thinking, huh, Mm -hmm. maybe this person will hire me to do a piece or something. Or maybe this person knows someone who then will like, will hire me to do some big mural for their institution or whatever, or like, you know, or they're going to follow me. So I'm always kind of thinking in these very, it's always very um, robust the way I'm thinking. I'm always thinking about like 20 points down the line of like who this Mm. person is and what they know. And yeah. So that is kind of like how how shit happens in life. Right. It really is like one person and the next person. And that's incredible that you don't hate yourself because I, I'm so self-deprecating that I just like, you know, people will be like, oh, that's cool. You made a book. And I'm like, it's whatever. Everyone makes a book. And it's like, well, yeah, well, actually, yeah, yeah. that's not true, Ellen. Like, <laughs> the people on this podcast have made books, but not everyone. Ha- I just like don't know what to do. Um, and so, yeah, I, I'm always like, like, even if someone comes to me and is like, I am a fan of your work or like your book changed my life. I'll just be like, oh, uh, you know, it's just paper, right? Like, you can just get paper from the paper. St-. Like, I mm. lose it. But I love your perspective, Tim, that you in every moment of every day are carrying with you your entire journey. So you are never not the guy who was painting houses or something that you and I have in common. You're never not someone who who went to community college, who didn't necessarily have the privilege of going to an art school. Um, It's if I if I could do a better job of of being present, but being all my past selves in one and really think about like the miracle of just even being here at all. Maybe I would talk about it more. Mm, Probably mm. not, but well, you have that, but yeah. Do you feel like you just forget? Is it just a thing that just doesn't just, does it feel like someone else when you think about those times? I just have, 
you know, it's I'm torn between like having a chip on my shoulder where I just think everyone's awesome except for me. And then also, like, I'm such a fanboy. Like, I'm such a fan of you, Tim. I'm such a fan of you, Mari. I'm such a fan of we have mutual creative friends or, or you know, I am such a fan of my friends. And I think everyone is, like, so awesome that to me, like, when people think I'm cool, I'm like, yeah, well, we all are. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't feel mm. special because everyone's awesome. And yeah, that makes I sense. use that take- as a way to belittle my own accomplishments, I think. Do you both think about, because something I think, been thinking a lot about is legacy and i don't mean in Mm. some like but like truly your legacy in your own life and the people who have come across you and the people who know you and the people who have worked with you and the people who admire you and the people that you admire and the people that you you know all you know like the the body of work you're creating now for the last five or ten years for the next 10 20 30 years what is that like, do you, do you consider it? Do you think about it? Is it something that you just... Are you it, planning on dying soon? Is this is this your death reveal? No, but I think... Death reveal! What does it mean? But isn't it interesting to think about, like, what does it mean to constantly yes. do your work in the face of death, knowing that at any moment, that's yeah. it. You know what I mean? So, like, uh, I don't know. Do you guys think about that at all? Or is it just me and my crazy... Oh, Mari's nodding already. <laughs> For our audio listeners, Mari Andrew is nodding vigorously. (laughs) Necklaces pounding against my chest. Um, Gorgeous, by the way. A layered moment. Thank you. Necklace story for you guys. Um, Okay, back to death. Uh, Back to death. I keep um, a kind of classic thing that a lot of people have seen in movies and and books is is a writer who keeps a skull on their desk. This was like a 19th century thing. It was all the rage among the writers. And it's a reminder that you will die and um, Mm. that you have to kind of write as much as possible because you don't know when that is. And um, having that, I have a so I have a, a skull I got in Mexico, a like hot pink, uh, really beautiful skull on my desk um, to keep that in mind. And, and you know, to be to be really careful with my time to hold it um, really precious. I think that actually might be a reason I don't like talking about work. It feels like such a waste mm. of time, especially because my work is my is me slicing open my body and taking out my soul and putting it in a frame and if I have to speak about it on a like on any kind of shallow level it like (laughs) pains me but I like talking about it with people I can go really deep with um right away so airplane wouldn't work usually but sometimes sometimes you you're next to like someone who's amazing um but yeah, I, I update my, I wrote my own obituary a few years ago and I update it every six months and think about how I want to, like what's really important to me and what I want to leave. And I just saw the Anthony Bourdain movie and I was thinking, you know, so many people kind of do what he did. I mean, there's a lot of food writers out there. There's a lot of travel writers out there, but he's known for his personality. He's known for the way that he treated people. You know, he's known for like being really nice and awesome and that's the kind of thing that I think about a lot is like okay a lot Mm -hmm. of people do what we do but what makes a legacy it's usually like the people who met you and say oh yeah Yeah. he was really cool or like yeah he's the nicest person in the industry or um you know he he treats everyone like a VIP like that's that's something I think about a lot and that greatness to aspire toward is like always 
really motivating, hopefully, hopefully getting a lot better at that in, uh, in years to come, if I have them. Yeah, that to me sounds so indicative of who you are as a person and really what your work is about. I think that's something to think about when we think about legacy of creative work. Like, Tim, you are an artist building a world of visual art with its own language, its own voice, its own recurring phrases and callbacks and moments. And then to me, Mari, you are that artist type where anything you touch is your art. And sometimes it's drawing and sometimes it's writing. And like, you would have found your way there one way or another. But in life, you kind of had to go down a bunch of paths until one clicked. And then you were down sort of the like drawing and posting on Instagram path. And you were like, okay, but there is a concurrent path that I never left. And I would like to, it's like you bridged us from there to there. And you were like, surprise, I'm a real fucking writer, actually. And I don't only use five words at a time. And, and that was for people who know you, not a surprise at all. Like to me, you will be a writer, you will be a storyteller, you will be a coach, a teacher, a workshop leader, a speaker, like, that is something that we are not getting on this podcast is that when you walk into a room, the room noticeably brightens, which is sort of the opposite of me. When I walk into a room, I bring that Zoloft rain cloud with me. Do you know the oh one that's God, just like, stop. it's like the Red Bull, ad- it's like the Red Bull animation, but it's the, has anyone ever thought about that? That the Zoloft <laughs> cloud and the Red Bull wings are in the same cinematic universe. Um, I actually wrote about this legacy thing in You Are Here For Now. And I I wrote about legacy for me in relation to the chain effect of positive impact. So like, I think I'm going to die and just be dead. But I hope that while I'm here or the things that I leave behind, I hope that my work can help someone in their moment of need because, you know, it's like we've all had a terrible day and then seen like a refrigerator magnet that just made us feel a little better. I want to be the refrigerator magnet that stops you from killing yourself so that you can go on to like have a medical breakthrough that allows like a special Olympian to win gold and encourage the next person to like cure cancer. You know what I mean? Like I want the 10 generations from now trickle effect. So like I'm in heaven or hell or wherever we go and I'm earning those brownie points for later. I'm I'm playing the long game. It's like, I want credit for all those accomplishments a hundred years down the line. Um, I mean, I'm being facetious, obviously, because um, Earth will exist, but humans will not in 100 years, is my belief. But uh, it is about the ripple. Whew. Okay. But isn't what? it interesting? Like, a tree a tree needs to die. A tree needs to die in order to give more life, right? You know? And, like, yeah, tr- it is. I mean, it's that's... A, it's a beautiful thing. That's and it. fungi grows, and it's like... But that's that's for for us. You know, I feel like I've had several rebirths over the last five or six years you know and it's Mm. how how do i tap into uh the sincerity of that and not fight it you know so adam you said something in your new book um something like what would it mean to be completely honest with yourself you know Mm. and 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 how dare you trigger me like this it's so beautiful you know and it's really true like what does it mean to not hide behind the things that fill a void whether that's work whether that's you know anything you know what i mean to not be what does it mean to admit your own confusion to admit your trauma to to be present in a way that you feel sincere you know and that people can see it and that you're and that you're showing up you know um you're showing up for your life i think that you're really the living embodiment of a lot of that because you know you're a cis straight white man who is so 
open about their feelings, open about their learning and growth in real time. You're not saying, hey, I know everything. You're actually saying, hey, I'm learning. Hey, I'm feeling. Hey, I'm processing. I'm changing. I've been changing. And then you're making literal, like, like on the side of a wall in big block letters at the top of your fucking lungs. You're like, this is what I'm learning. And if I yeah. could give you one thing, it would be think about this and then don't be afraid to reflect it just as loud. Right. Like you're you're it's so literal and it, it's encouraging by way of including others in the conversation. Right. You're not saying you should do this. You're saying yeah. I'm doing this, which is my favorite way to learn. Yeah. And I want I want to be an embodiment of that. I want to carry that weight in a way. You know, my friend, she was saying um, she was like, if you're going to center whiteness, you know, like then center it from a from a, she's, she's a black woman. She was like, if you're going to center whiteness, center it from a point of view of hey, here I am. I'm calling myself out. I'm learning this shit. I am trying to, I, I'm not even talking about race. I'm just talking about like toxic masculinity. I'm talking about uh, your own misogyny that all men carry and that have to, you know, I call myself a recovering misogynist. It's like, how do I, you know, constantly keep evolving and learning and growing and allow space for that um, and to call myself out, to call other people out, to show up and, and, you know, and to create work around it and to hopefully encourage other cishet men to think that way, to think about therapy, to think about being more vulnerable in their relationships, to think about, you know, what does it mean to not walk through life with just aggression or apathy? You know what I mean? And so um, I want to I want to be an embodiment of that in some way. I think that you are absolutely succeeding. Um, I wonder, you know, and I wonder this about both of you, your chosen mediums, because I mentioned, I mean, t Tim, your work didn't always start big. And sometimes it's very small. But of everyone I know, your work is by far the physically the largest. You know, you are, are so known for these murals. Some of them are highly detailed and super specific, full of little Easter eggs and messages. And then some of them are just like five words on the wall. Please read this. Slow down, you know, all over New York. And then Mari... Your your work is so seemingly small and, and intimate where I can it you know, it's it's watercolor on paper. Like I can see your hand there. I know that this is real because I can feel, you know, every like millimeter of it. Um millimeter is another system of measurement that Americans might not know. It's used everywhere else, which is why we <laughs> might not know it. Um <laughs> What motivates you, and maybe Mara, you go first, what motivates you to, to work in this medium? You know, what 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 made you decide, like, yeah, this is, I'm going to make these small things and this is going to be uh, the next version of how I share mm. back when you began sharing that way? That was never really a conscious decision. It was the only thing I knew how to do. It was all I had lying around my house was watercolor paper and watercolors. Um, the physical act, I think this is like an underrated part of art. I'd love to hear what you guys think about this. Like it's physical, right? And I think people sometimes, including myself, kind of forget about that. Like you forget that it's actually like you're you're doing something with your body when you're creating art. And um, yeah. you know, writing's a little different. Um, but I remember I, I started doing art um the art part of my life, the, the very like classic watercolor on paper part of my life um, when I was depressed. And it was something really soothing to do. Just the act of it, the physical act of it was so soothing. 
And there's still something so relaxing about it. Like when I have an idea, like a fully formed idea, and I come to the paper knowing that it's just kind of playtime, like this is the this is the most relaxing part of what I do. Um, I know that I'm going to be really soothed. It's not like an energizing thing for me the way I imagine painting a mural is, although I have no idea. It's not like a lightning bolt. It's like a pond. It's so peaceful. So I think that's probably part of it. I have to feel like really connected to my own serenity, you know, when I'm, when I'm doing that kind yeah. of work. Um, yeah. So always very intimate. I always, it's always like a dark night. I always have just one light on glass of dark red wine it's like it's a very kind Mari of is such a, yes mari is such a romantic with a capital r oh i know, I know. you both are though we'll I we're know. gonna get there because we'll i don't know anyone more romantic than you mari i'm also thinking that with watercolor that's a medium where if you are aggressive like you don't get the desired outcome right i've Ooh. never watercolored but it's is it not Good like point. very delicate process wise so delicate so delicate and you never know. I mean, one of the really cool and really frustrating things about it is you don't know what it's going to look like. Like you really don't have that much control over it. Um, it's kind of, it's mm. like art therapy in that way. Cause you can, you know, splash around and you, you have so little control over it. You never know what's going to happen when you start layering and mixing and, you know, there's something beautiful about that. And also really frustrating when you're doing like a, a yeah. book cover and it has to, you want it to look a certain way. <laughs> um, but that's been, that's been beautiful. You know, it's an experiment and I used to be a little more perfectionist about it. And now I just kind of let it go. I'm always misspelling things and now I feel great about just, you know, crossing it out and uh, being a yeah. little more rustic. Um, Tim, I'm so, I'm so curious about like the physical act of like, doing big mm. stuff like what does that feel so powerful do you feel like beyonce or yeah it's, like it, just no, the wall? <laughs> it's it's definitely um exhilarating i you know i'm a showman so i like to yeah. be out there yeah, yeah. i love connecting to people i like to be i get you know a lot of energy from just being out in the streets doing something big i love people stopping taking pictures asking yeah. me questions about the process you know, and, and feeling like I'm connecting to a community through my work. You know, I love leaving something on a street in a neighborhood and people saying, thank you. You know, it's incredible how many people come up to me and say, thank you for mm. making this on my street. Like, I love it so much. It just, you know, and I feel like I'm adding value to something. Um, so it's crazy. But, you know, in a lot of ways, I'm just, I think of myself as an expressionist, you know, whether I'm doing a social experiment, whether I have to write a story to put on Instagram whether it is, you know, a wall mural or what it's, it's just, I need to constantly express myself and I need, I need it to be loud and big, you know what I mean? And simple. It's like, how can I say the, the most important thing in the simplest form in the simplest mm -hmm. way? Um, and how can I scream it to the world as much as possible? I want to connect to people, you know what I mean? And I'm like that yeah. in every aspect of my mm -hmm. life, truly. Like, yes. you know what I mean? Like I was writing, <laughs> I just love being audacious just for the, the fact that, you know, just to do it sometimes. Like it's, it's so exhilarating because it's just like every moment is a moment you have to just completely be present, to completely show up and to show 
whatever it is, like ad- admiration for both of you. I love you both so much. You're both such incredible inspirations to, to me. You know, I, I'm so lucky to be friends with you, to be able to talk about these things with you right now. You know, and just to always like, like last night I was, we, I was riding around, we were in a cab with my girlfriend and I started screaming out how much I love her. I was just like, I love Tina. And she's like, what are you doing? And I was like going up to people. I was like, do you understand how much I love this woman? And like, everyone is just like, this is crazy. You're just like, but like, that's very. It's sounding French to me. I'm getting like, like really like a, a '90s romantic. Okay, okay. Listen, that's exactly <laughs> what I knew you were gonna say. I I do want to like sort of pu- pull quote what you said about how much can you say in the the fewest amount of words, because I think especially with a mural with New York, people are walking fast. You do have to catch them, and you want to give yeah. them like a brain worm that they're gonna think about and unpack later. And I think that's what but I love it's the about same both of your on, work. It's that on Instagram you're for doing both that. of you. You have yeah. for you, you know, you have to catch, you know, someone's going a million miles per hour on their feed. Oh, and, totally. And like, you want to stop them in their in their tracks. And sometimes the simplicity is what makes it so beautiful. Like I think about my work and to an extent your work too as as a pop song, right? Like yeah. you win by making that earworm. You win by making a heavy thing not feel so heavy. Yeah, um, exactly. But but Y'all, we gotta we gotta pivot past work because you were first of all girlfriend. Is it? It's girlfriend official. Labels on. Who Tim? for me? Oh God! For yeah. you? It's like, yeah. It's yeah, like for lo- you. Got a label. My, you're like kind love of, of my listen, life his, label. Love of your because you're listen. You are a romantic, but you're also like low key little 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 bit playboy energy. So to hear girlfriend, that's exciting. I'm excited for it's you. Very exciting. I can't wait very to meet exciting. her. She seems Thank fucking you, cool. Yeah, you, you're gonna you're gonna love her. No Mari's offense, her. but like she seems cool. You know what I mean? She's she's the coolest. She's the best. She's my sweetheart. Wait, Mari, you've I met could her. talk about I've her all day. Wonderful. She's wonderful. Uh, she's so beautiful. If you're just tuning unreal. in, this is the FOMO podcast. Uh, I left New York <laughs> and now I'm tricking all my friends. <laughs> Tina, Tina, uh, if you're listening to this, I love you, darling. Tina, if you're listening to this, the secret to a happy relationship is to not listen to all your partner's podcasts. I think Mitchell (laughs) Mitchell has listened to one I've ever done once. That was enough. Um, And it's only because he was obsessed with the host. Oh, my God. Um, I'm so happy to hear that. I mean, I saw you had a birthday trip to Miami and you were you were really full on. It kind of speaks to what you're saying, too, about just like being unabashedly who you are in the moment right now, because why not? Like you were sharing a lot of stories and it from someone else, it might have been like almost annoying. Like we get it. You're on a trip. But it was so genuine and so unpretentious. It was just like, Uh, check out my shoes. And I'm like, this is a grown man who loves his shoes and his girlfriend. (laughs) Like, this is cute. And yeah. It was really, yeah, it was like the opposite of toxic masculinity and that if anything, you were just like so warm and, and open and like emotive and yeah. funny and like championing this this person and this experience and it was gratitude. Like, I loved it. It made me, I don't know if I messaged you or not because I don't want to like blow up your shit every time I watch your story, but like it made me yeah. happy. I was like, happy birthday. Um, like, this is a great yeah, trip. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I would look forward to, Thanks, to, to looking at your stories because I knew it was just yeah, be like a like, joy. What are they up to? Well, you know, it's, what did it's they interesting. Eat today? Mari said <laughs> something to me. Mari and I had coffee a week or two ago, and she said, "Ripe fruit falls quickly." And Ooh. I just Ooh, that's, Mari, that's you should stick be with, a writer. Mari, 
I know. It used to be a mar- writer, Mark. That stuck with me, you know, and it's going to stick with me forever because no- nothing has ever been more true, you know. And it takes a lot of growth and it takes a lot of mistakes and it takes a lot of um, self-actualization to come to a place where you're you're kind of – you can admit, you know, or that you're ready to show up for love. You're available for, yes. for love. You're here. Like also something Mari said, I'm here for duty. You know what I mean? Like, like, and it's going to happen fast if you find the right person who is similar in that way and wants the same things as you. And it's, you know, and it's beautiful and it's poetic and it's not perfect by any means, but it's, it's something I've never experienced in my life because I'm really standing here revealing myself ready to like see and be seen. And I don't, you know, and I don't have anything holding me back in any way, you know, and you know, if, if, if something doesn't work out, that's, it doesn't work out, but at least I'll, you know, when you show up, you can never say, Oh, I didn't, you know, I didn't do this. I didn't do that. Like, and that's all, that's all you can ask for. You know? I think that when we're younger in relationships, we take longer to reveal those things because we're still, you're hiding, you're presenting a a false version or uh, an idealized, you know, you think it's an idealized version. And the older you get, the more you're like, I can't wait three months to reveal myself because sometimes you only get three dates. You know, sometimes you get one date because the other person is ready. The other person's showing up authentically and they know that you're not. And so to get to a point when you're like, I'm going to be exactly who I am because this matters and I don't have time to waste by doing anything else. I, this, this ripe fruit falls fast is going to stick with me too, because that's so indicative of how Mitchell and I met, you know, we've been together nine years and it's so, I was so done with the pretense and thankfully I was younger then. like, thankfully I didn't fuck it up because I had been fucking it up until, until two weeks before. Um, (laughs) And there was something, there was something about that time, the timing of things where it was like, there's no time to waste. Mm, Mari, you are so, I feel like you are like a love whisperer. Like the way you speak about love is both beautifully abstract and then incredibly tangible. And I wonder if you could shed some light on like when, when you are feeling really ready for that, a date, you know, Mm -hmm. when it's one that you're really excited for, how is that different than one that's kind of like, okay, like when you're excited, what, what are you bringing? Who, which version of yourself are you bringing? Like, what's that like? Mm. That's a really good question. Um, I think like stripped of all pretense, the core of myself, like if, if I'm able to really check my ego, the core of myself is a very curious person. And when I'm the, I love dating. And one thing I love about dating is I get to talk to someone new. Like I love hearing about, a job that I don't know anything about. I love hearing about someone's weird ass hobby. I love hearing about, I could hear about someone's friend group for hours. I love, I just like to hear (laughs) people's stories. It's so interesting. I mean, isn't that like the impetus behind like humans of New York? It's like, we love, I think humans at their core love stories and love to um, meet other humans and, and listen to them and see what we have in common and what we don't. It's all, it's like super interesting. And I think when I'm going into a date that I suspect is going to be good because I'm feeling some kind of energy either, you know, online or, or I met this guy before and there was, um, you know, like a real kind of engaging 
uh, I know that he's going to be engaged and like down for it. Then I can bring such a curiosity. And I'm just, I just want to ask so many questions. And, um, and that to me is like the most fun and interesting part is just like, tell me who you are. Like, I want to know so many things. And that's, that's the energy that I love coming in with. And that's when it's a good date, as opposed to like, let me like fluff my little feathers and, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to share one of my three stories that I share over and over. And, you know, I'm going to kind of check the boxes of what I think is attractive about myself. And I'm kind of going to go through like the things that I know are going to get him to be impressed, whatever the ones where I'm like, like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm." um, exactly. And when I can be like fully curious, that's when it always goes really, really well. But it's 50, you know, obviously. So I'm the same way. I've always loved meeting people and I've always had this deep curiosity for it. And dating was always a lot of like, it was always very interesting and fun. But what happens after a while, though, is that, you know, sometimes if you don't go in after after a while, it's fun. If you're having fun and you want to be single, that's one thing. But if after a while, you're like, okay, what am I actually looking for? I want something. What do I want? Can I actually admit what I want? Do I even know what I want? What, you know, what are the, like, can I make a mm-hmm. list of the pros and cons? Like, what are these things? And then you find yourself, like I have before, in a relationship with someone that is a great person, but they're just not the right person for you. And there's lack, mm. there's, there's, you can feel the lack and you don't quite know what it is, but you know that this isn't, am I settling? Is this the way it, or, or you start to tell yourself, well, maybe this is just how it's supposed to be. This is how everyone like, okay, maybe I'm not passionate in these ways. And it's like, no, no, you shouldn't settle for this. You, you know, and I remember when I, I really started to hone in on what I want. I remember saying to a friend, like, I, I rather I'll die single before I, I would settle with someone that I'm just, you know, with things that I'm not, you know, if I don't really feel passionate about introducing someone and taking yeah. them on. I mean, you show, both you know, deserve better than that. I, I have yeah. so much respect for that perspective because you imagine like you think you're settling and the other person has no idea. Exactly. And then eventually and so they figure it out. Mm-hmm. And that's so sad. It's so and sad. And I also think it's so sad to to settle for, I don't know, in, in my in my dating history, we either had like great sexual chemistry and nothing to talk about or the best time hanging out and then like and the then, sex yeah, was exactly. weird or bad and ruined it. And when you find something, when, when you know, when I found the person where both were great, oh, and they had a brain, like, and they had passions. You <laughs> Lock know, it I down, was like, baby. Beauty and Yeah, brain. and I fucking did. I was like... <laughs> I was like, this I'm... is so different. And... Exactly. And it's crazy. You when know you crazy know, you it? know. I hate when people say that, but it's true. But it's so true. It's amazing. Oh. And it, what's wild is that Infuriating I... Infuriating advice. Yeah. And then I met Tina and I was just like, you are the most incredible person I've ever met in my life. Like, I'm locking this down. This is it. <laughs> like, yeah. this is, you know, I, I mean, I haven't locked it down yet, but... Do you ever feel like as artists in this world, we are leaving sort of like a breadcrumb trail for our ideal partners, you know, where it's sort of like, okay, if you can handle this mural, if you can handle, you know, six zines about my my weirdo <laughs> little insecurities, you know, I mean, I put out a, a zine set called Homebrew that like doesn't paint me in a great light, actually. <laughs> and it was almost like if you can 
if you can take me at my garbage zine, then you yeah. can have me at my, you know, wedding day or whatever. <laughs> but do you do you feel like that? Like you're putting out these this this trail of like come find me out here in the world? Mm-hmm. Or am I just insane? Am I the only I, person? I, I, I like love that perspective. I love that. I don't think about it that way. And I'm going contra- to completely contradict something I said a few minutes ago. Even though I do create from the depth of my soul, what I create and what I put out there is such a processed version of what I think and mm. feel and have been through. It's, it's the difference between a potato and potato chips that you buy at the gas station. It's like it, there's such a difference between what I live <laughs> and what and how I put it out in the world um, that I actually... Sorry, see- which is the potato and which is the, gas, <laughs> the gas station? You're my the potato. The okay. Potato. I know that there's my- a listener who's like, I don't like potatoes, but I want chips. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If, if that's exactly. you, please DM at by Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> also if you're if you're over six foot let's sorry let's put some ground rules here uh-huh uh-huh yep yep um <laughs> sorry <to> love, <laughs> um five eleven counts yeah uh, definitely it doesn't yeah, but sure, okay sure. um spoken like someone who doesn't date men <laughs> no, I love short. I love the short king. Love the short king. Um, I married a short king. The, I, I love, love them. It. They're like secret, secretly the greatest. Um, but yeah, it's a, I, what I what I put out is not my diary, and so yeah. there is always this kind of. I mean, the past few years, there's been kind of this interesting journey with explaining what I do to someone I'm dating, and and kind of introducing my work to them because there's what I actually live. There's the way that I would tell the story over cocktails. And there's the way that I would tell it on Instagram. And those are really, really different. And um, I don't want people to get to know me through my work, but I also, it's so important that I'm seen and respected in that way. So I'm still figuring out it's such a journey. I, I, I wish in some ways it would be easier if I were a little more like a little less, um, you know, I don't want to say like boundaried because that, that makes it sound, I don't know, that sounds like an arrogant way to think about it. But it's it's like there's there's a real distance between me and me, the person, and me, my work. And so I don't, that's been a hard thing with dating. It's like, how much do I yeah. reveal when and how do I talk about it? And um, what do I want them mm. to to perceive about me? from it you know and uh how am i gonna how am i gonna deal with that i'm still learning if you guys have tips let me know (laughs) i feel like for me if if you know uh if i'm out somewhere and uh, like a really hot guy comes up to me or you know really when i say hot i mean cute and all the other adjectives and then they are like hey i'm a huge fan of your work it's like womp womp you know what i mean i'm like thank you it's like thank you so much but like the yeah boner killer it's a boner killer to like my <laughs> yeah, work I'm yeah yeah i like, agree i and i i don't know why that is but for me i'm just like you know i i switch i switch into like 
thank you so much mode. I switch into like gratitude. I switch into like, you're meeting me and I would, I wish I had a book that I could give or sign for you, but it's definitely not like a, we're going to make out, you know, behind the AIGA. Well, cause you do home. feel, a, do you feel <laughs> in a weird way, like objectified, like somehow like, okay, they just like me because they like my work and like, do they really like me or like, or whatever it is like, uh, it's not even that when people when people are like, if someone is attracted to me because they perceive me as powerful because of my work, I just want to yeah. be like, oh, have you heard of like better artists? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm like, like if, if you go to someone's apartment and all their books are Adam JK, don't fuck them. Like, <laughs> get, get a book with words. Um, I'm just kidding. You are here for now has many words. In fact, so many words. Um, but yeah, there's there's something about that. And I, I actually was wondering this about you, particularly Mari, because partic- your newest book is really vulnerable and, and personal stories. And I so good. Not I, I know it's beautiful. Please, please Amazing. check it out. Um, not even in a romantic um, context, but do people ever talk to you like at an event or if you're out for drinks and you're recognized, do people talk to you like you're like they're your best friend? Like they just know so much and they're referencing it, even though to you, they're a stranger? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, a lot, which is okay. beautiful. I mean, <laughs> what is that like? It's such a privilege. Like... It's such a privilege. A lot of people will say, like, I know I don't know you, but blah, 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 blah. And I always say, yeah. you do know me. You know, you you do know me in a, in a, in a very real way. And like I said, you know, I don't... Um, I, my relationship with this word vulnerability has changed so much because I actually don't think what I put out is vulnerable. The vulnerable thing yeah. that I do is promote a book. Like that's me at my most vulnerable. <laughs> what yes. I write on Instagram, <laughs> that's like tying my shoelaces. Like you can know this stuff about me. It's so, I, like I said, it's so processed. It's not my journal. It's what I'm choosing to put out there. It's like, Yes, it's, I, it's I literally like agency. designed for consumption. It is yeah. designed for consumption. It is written. It is rewritten. It's a yeah. finished product. If you were to see my notes app, if you were to see screenshots of text, Ugh. if you were to see my, <laughs> yeah, like my, even my calendar, like that's vulnerable. But this is yeah. a work, you know, this is my work and I'm, I'm really, um, there's a, there's a huge mm. separation there. So um, I think when people and I so get this, there's there's absolutely no like confusion about why this happens, but people think it is my diary. And when they meet me, mm. um, you know, they kind of think we're just catching up like, oh, I know all I know everything about you. And here's everything about me, <laughs> which I see is yeah. such a privilege. And like I said, you know, I love hearing stories. So it's it's such a gift. That's like the best part to me of, of meeting people. But um but I, I think I think they, they might, you know, be surprised if they actually got to know me or um, I think, you know, there, there's so many things that they they might assume from from even just one piece that aren't necessarily true. So, um, yeah, just just being really aware of that uh, is is helpful. And <laughs> do you ever learn new things about yourself or your work? This is for both of you. And do you ever learn new things about yourself or your work or its impact? when people come up to you and speak to you because for me i i learned a lot in the last few years from people speaking to me after lectures from people sending me like unsolicited messages from a few kind of whispered exchanges at the book signing table like people have shared really heavy things with me 
And it took that being in the world to to realize that my work means more to people than I actually realized. Not to everyone, but to the people who feel impacted by it. And that's what led the way to this new book, where I never felt qualified to talk about some of the things I talk about. Like, have you learned maybe a similar les- lesson based on, you know, what people relate to you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a lot over the years, you know, because I've talked, you know, it's it's interesting. People feel that way about me because, you know, I, I'm constantly discussing things that are happening in my life, whether it's relationships, whether I'm writing about them, whether it's, you know, I'm posting something saying, hey, I'm thinking about taking anti-anxiety medication for the first time ever. Like, you know, hundreds mm-hmm. of people are telling me, you know, what they think and I'm asking them, you know, or if I'm talking about politics or white privilege and I'm even, you know, arguing with people, <laughs> certain white people who are <laughs> leaving comments on my thing, you know, I'm, so people do, you know, and I do follow, share my, a lot of my life. And so people constantly are, you know, or if I'm talking, mean, I'm creating a breakup series about what I'm going through and during a breakup, people are in return, you know, it makes me feel less lonely. And that's what I've gotten the most out of it, you know, is that people saying, wow, I feel this way, or I've gone through this as well. This is really important to you. And thanking me is so, it's such a privilege. It's so, it's such a tremendous feeling to, to feel like you are creating something that um, people can hold on to in some way um, that it's, yeah, it's, it's more than anything. It's just shifted how I like consider my work in the world and, and, mm-hmm. and the responsibility, not that, not to say that everyone should want responsibility or feel, or even any artist should even feel a responsibility, but I feel, I like, knowing that there's a responsibility yeah. about it that you know what i'm creating will maybe impact certain people or just e- even if it's just bringing joy to someone it doesn't even have to be that deep you know it's just something yeah. that someone and, wants to, and let's to, not to even screenshot. use the word just because bringing joy is a yeah, big deal no. actually um yeah i i think something that seems true with both of your work and mario i'll ask you specifically next is that it seems like creating this work is part of the process of processing. Like, Tim, I see you processing the sadness of a heartbreak. I see you processing the growth and evolution of someone who started where you started and sort of like woke up today just so grateful for everything that led them to where they're at now. And Mari, you know, you very publicly process um, grief and, and a lot of heartbreak in your work. And so is there a sense too of, you're opening that tool up for other people? Is that sort of reflected in the feedback you're getting? Like, like I know it doesn't happen by accident. I just wonder, yeah, what are what is your relationship to your art making as a tool for yourself and then sharing it as a tool for others? Or is that not something you think about? Like Tim said, it's not necessarily, it's not an artist's responsibility unless they choose to accept it as part of the work. Hmm. I know that was like six questions sort of sandwiched into a a club sandwich. There's layer. Yes. Take a giant bite. Um, It's a great question. I'm always really honored when people say that they've um, started creating, uh, you know, from, from the heart um, inspired by my work that to me, that's the greatest compliment. And that's kind of been my mission since day one is like, if I can do this, you Mm. can, fucking rule the world because if I 
if I can put myself out there, like you can do anything you set your mind to. And I've never wanted to like own anything about my, like I've never, I've never felt like, Oh, I want to have my own style and be the only person doing this. I, I want to say you can also do this, that this is yours. Um, I, feel like whenever I get an idea, um, it's a gift and I don't know how long that's going to last. And I'm aware that it could leave at any moment. And when I do my best work, it's not of me. It's, it comes to me and that's something I have tremendous reverence for. And if it can come to me, it can come to you. Um, so I think of it a little less as processing, and more of like um, kind of the result of like having processed, like my best mm. work will come. I think of like, I, I experience very, very big emotions, overwhelming emotions. And um, I know that when I'm able to create, that means I'm in a really good place. That's That's the result of having like let it go through my body and let myself grieve, let myself experience this tremendous pain. And then when I let that kind of transform into this creative place, that's when I know, okay, I'm ready to kind of receive the messages again. And for me, that's an extremely spiritual experience and it's beautiful. It's when I'm really at my like peak humanness. And um, so it's not really, I don't know if I process by creating as much as creation happens when I process, uh, which is, which is cool. It's something I really appreciate and it hasn't happened in a long time. So I'm very, (laughs) very reverent and and appreciative of when it does come. I'm so inspired by that answer that, that work could be the result of having processed because for me, it is so frequently, it is the processing and, you know, when you talked about watercolor and and taking your time and unexpected things happening, and then I think about the look of my visual work, which is pencil on paper, there's the grit. And it's like, like, you can see, I think, and feel my anxiety on the page most of the time. And, you know, with this new book, you know, incorporating uh, the paper folds and really thinking about tactility and transformation, that's my attempt at slowing down. Mm. But mm. it's still very it's in the moment it's like it's the now of like now i'm folding now i'm tearing i don't know i don't think i know yet how to process first and something that's happened since Mm. leaving new york and moving to hawaii and also um (laughs) starting antidepressants is that i'm starting to see my work some of my work become more hopeful or Mm. or start to feel like what you're describing and i would love to like Mm. check back in with you in six months to a year and maybe I'll like be there. And that's something I know we're like almost out of time here, but that's now I'm just going to pile on a compliment and say that something that I have always been so struck by since we first met in person, Mari, is that you do seem like someone who is so spiritual in like a non-cringe way, who just has a an inner calm. And maybe it's not the only emotion in there, but it is one that you are absolutely able to hold and root in. So if you might be feeling something tumultuous, but I have never left um, a conversation with you carrying your tumult with me. Whereas Tim and I, sometimes we want, well, also Tim and I drink. So there's that. Tim and I want each other <laughs> up a little bit. 
Tim and I love I to think, like. Uh, <laughs> I think we kind different. of, uh, yeah, it's very different. <laughs> We're Tim and I are like Tim. Tim's one of my very few um, straight male friends, and so I think that we have sort of like a fun like bullying and it's not bullying i don't know how to describe relationship well let's be honest i think you you bully me you bully me and i I am we are out of time thank you so much for it on the chin (laughs) (laughs) oh my god i think there's a bit of a transference with us that kind of like we're like i like that i always appreciate it yeah 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 do you know what it is it's because i feel like it's rare it's rare. To, I mean, there are a lot of people creating and making work, but it's rare to find someone who feels so closely aligned that you're not only comfortable asking for help, you're also comfortable totally making fun of the whole thing. Because yeah, exactly. It's and hard to and seeing through the matrix of it all. Like, right. Because you would never you can't go to a certain kind of friend and complain about like, oh, my publisher is this or oh, this client is this. It's like, we we often don't have the space to feel both gratitude and frustration in yeah. those conversations because people don't want to hear that, hey, actually achieving a dream is stressful. You know, you're supposed to achieve the dream. You're supposed to be a New York Times bestselling artist and author. And then you just skip through life and, you know, bluebirds braid your hair. And you're supposed to do a mural on a truck and then drive that truck into the sunset. And it's like, well, actually, life is still fucking hard, no matter how yeah. many Instagram followers you have. And no one, and you know, it's hard because no one. There's not a lot of space to be able to talk about how to, you know, especially for for some of us who grew up poor and how to navigate success. And I'm not even talking about like crazy finance. Just just being able to Any. be finance, just financially secure enough to live. Like how do you even navigate that? You know what I mean? Yeah. And like what you're saying, yeah, people people who maybe did not do that. I mean, most of us didn't start doing art to become su- financially no. successful. <laughs> like we could have we could have gone to med school and we didn't. So it's so well, bizarre. Speak for yourself. To, yeah, I, I mean I just I couldn't have done anything. Speaking. I was I was a mess. <laughs> I just there is something that happens when all of a sudden you're like, wait, I'm I'm living off my art and it's incredible yeah. and special, but also it's so hard and people don't There's necessarily no want. Yeah, and people people don't want to hear that part. Um and it's it's really special to have friends who get it, who are in the thing, who are enjoying different forms of success while also navigating really difficult or demeaning experiences the way that the way that simple emotive work is belittled in professional spaces sometimes is is one of those things that no one wants to hear you complain about. Anyway, I we're we really are out of time. I want to end with this. Is there anything that you would like to ask me or each other that we have never had an opportunity to ask in our friendship before? Yes. <laughs> okay, oh. Mari's nodding. Yeah, Mari, you go. First. Yeah, I want to know from both of you. I've never asked this. What are you guys most proud of? Ooh. Holy shit. In, like in your wow, life. Wow, what a tough question. You can, you can yeah. answer about work. I, I know. I think I know. This is new for me. I So I also have a new therapist. I've really just been doing a lot of me work. And Great. I think that this is something that I wasn't proud of because I never thought about it as an accomplishment. But I have really 
transformed so much from being like a very awkward, closeted, orthodox Jewish boy at a sleepaway yeshiva high school. Like, in an alternate universe, I am dead. In an alternate universe, I am forever alone, just like quietly hurting for the rest of my... Like, there's so many potential futures. And to, at 15 years old, be like, this religion's not working for me. This structure's not working for me. This school's not working for me. I don't know what being gay means, but I know I'm gay. And just picking up Mm. and like, it's like not even 360 because I haven't stayed in one spot to spin. Like I am in a whole other game board. I am in a whole other book, like fully, fully changed my entire fucking life because I realized that if I didn't make transformational change, I would never be happy. Mm. And to me, that became normal. To me, it was my normal. And I really, for for a decade or more, was like, yeah, that's just a thing I did. And to have my therapist be like, I would love to hear you be proud of that because that's really hard. Mm-hmm. And to not even have someone say to me like, oh, that's hard. Mm-hmm. You know, because most, most of the adult figures in my life were on the side of like, I can't believe you're doing this. Like this, you know what I mean? Like there wasn't pride there. There was disappointment is maybe the wrong word but it certainly started at disappointment so yeah that's thank you for even asking that i don't think i've ever said this out loud to anyone but my therapist that's powerful wow that was i don't i have nothing thank you for sharing for me i would just say that i'm proud that i am become a person who is uh able to admit that I need help and that I can't do it all by myself in this life. And that, and I'm also proud of, of growing into someone who has good intuition about the kind of company I keep in my life, whether that's Mm -hmm. certain people or family being able to set, to finally set boundaries and say, no, I don't want these kind of people in my life. I don't care who they are. I don't, you know, I don't want this kind of energy around me, you know, and to, and to do it unapologetically, you know, and it's so difficult because you see so many people get hung up on, on stuff like that. And I just, you know, want to continue to be someone who uh, I'm proud to, to, to just be able to want to uh, have I don't know, to want to want help and to be open to, mm-hmm. to everything life has. Uh, so, yeah. What about you, Mark? Yeah. I didn't have an answer. <laughs> I wanted to know what you guys said. Those are beautiful. Those are beautiful. I will give you, I'll give you 30 seconds. I'm going to, I'm going to help you stall. Cause I do want to say, Tim, that is, that's also, that's not a just, I mean, that's a huge thing that people spend their whole life figuring out is, you know, going after the things they want, and then also setting the boundaries to make it possible. And it's step one is to want the thing. And even to want it to want more for yourself is an accomplishment. But then to do the work of, of getting it and and creating opportunities to get it and creating a structure that once you have it, you can preserve it. Like that's the work. That's Mm -hmm. the work. And to be more huge. And the work is also, I think for a lot of us, in this industry, especially for me, you know, I think for like a long time, like to, to, to be someone who wants to be more than your work. And to like, I think for a long time, I was really just like, 
I am my work and this is me and I'm, you know, mm. I, I, I'm a workaholic and I work all these hours and I, you know, and no, like there needs to be, you need to set boundaries for yourself too. And there needs to be real um, time and space for, you know, just the mountain, just, just so you can have nutritional yeah. things in your life, you know? And so, yeah. <laughs> yes. That's okay. Mari, do you, what are you most proud of? Do you have one? <laughs> um, I can ask you a softball question instead, but it's, it's not going to be a softball question. <laughs> It's going to be um, worse quick, is what quick, I'm saying. Quick answer is um, the people. I'm proud of the people in my life. I'm proud wow. of my friends. I didn't I have friends that... for a long time. And now I do. And you I'm didn't have proud. friends for a long time. No. No. Not, not. I was very, very lonely for most of my life. And uh, really proud that I have a, a commu- really amazing, really amazing people in my life. Wow. I don't. I'm not your therapist and I'm not going to pry on a public podcast, but I will say that knowing the person you are today, it's hard for me to imagine you um, without a lot of friends, but it's easy for me to relate to feeling lonely, even when you have tons of friends. So if that's something you're proud of, then I'm proud of you for for being where you are now. Because I know that there's a difference between reality and then feeling reality sometimes, you know, there's... And I I don't know. I think it's so. I shouldn't say it's so easy. I guess I'm speaking from my experience, but like I feel lonely all the time. Yeah, like I'm never lonely. I'm never more lonely than at a birthday party at my birthday party, surrounded by my friends. Like that, catch me at my loneliness on October nineteenth. Like that's that's when it is. Um, okay. This was a. I did not know what to expect from this episode, but. I should have known it would be like this because I'm feeling both triggered and also really <laughs> settled in a happy way. You're and so good the... at this, Adam. So good. No, You're I'm so not. Good. I'm actually okay. really not. No, this no, is, you kept you. Keep this it is the three of us. And... This is. Yeah, your energy is so it. great. Always. Thank you guys for saying nice things about me. Um, <laughs> thank you. Thanks for being on the pod. Um, I have so much respect for, for you. And I will say about the breadcrumb trail that. Maybe it's not intentional, but the breadcrumb trail of your creative work, you know, led me to both of you and led to these friendships. And so if nothing else, like, you know, you got me for life. So I'm sorry, but also thank you. And uh, we still have to do the podcast thing. So can you tell the listeners where they can find you online and, you know, what items of yours they can purchase to support you on your journey of just being an alive person on this planet? (laughs) Go for it, Tim. Okay, uh, you can find me on Instagram at Timothy Goodman. Uh, I guess you can find me on Twitter, although I haven't tweeted in like seven months. So I don't know when I was going to say again. you're not. You're not on. There. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not on Twitter. It's just anymore. not the same since Trump left, right? That's why. Oh yeah, that's why. Yeah, definitely. Sorry. Um. But uh, what else can you you that that's it? I don't know. Yeah. Find him. Find he's very find on me. there. Yeah. <laughs> Watch his stories; they're really good. If you want, if you want a yeah, romantic expander, watch his stories. See what's possible for you. <laughs> That's how I like to think about them. See what's possible for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Mari, where can we find you? You can find and, me on Instagram. Please tell us what's for purchase. Oh my goodness! Well, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm. We live in a society. <laughs> 
I'm decreasingly on Instagram at by Mari Andrew. I just started a newsletter on the platform Bulletin, mariandrew.bulletin.com. And that's uh, that's my baby right now. And I also wrote I some just books. saw that and it looks great. Yes, and Mari is an artist and author of several titles, which are available from Penguin Random House, one of the <laughs> greatest publishers that we love oh, yeah. so, so much. Penguin yeah. Random House, thank you for producing this podcast. Tim and Mari, thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> I just love you guys so fucking much. Time uh, flies. Thank you. Beautiful. Thanks, Adam. Bye. Thanks, Tim. Thank you. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Love you. See you. You've been listening to You Are Here For Now, the podcast. If you liked what you heard, please take a minute to subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And pick up a copy of my book, You Are Here For Now, for yourself or someone you love at your favorite bookstore or adamjk.com. Until next time, be kind to yourself and remember, you are here, but you're not alone.